0: Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. we are continue looking at that eternal focus that produces outrageous joy from the book of Philippians. We made it to chapter 3, looking at verses 1 through 6. One Bible commentator referred to Paul as a spiritual accountant. Accountants have the ability to put on paper the true value or worth of an estate or an individual. Paul did his own audit and found one simple truth. I am nothing. I deserve nothing. I have never been anything. Any good that comes to me after this life is from the kind, gracious hand of God. In the first six verses of this chapter, Paul warns us against listening to the wrong kind of accounting firms by using the word beware three times. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it's safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision." For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinks that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. Paul is not just name-calling as he describes these false teachers as dogs, evil workers, and the concision, but is actually describing what they do to turn individuals away from God. When God tells us to beware, we had better listen. You have to wonder if Paul privately asked the Philippians to put out yard signs, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision party. All right, let's look at the first one. Beware of dogs. Although many dogs are loving, loyal, and truly man's best friend, some wild dogs are vicious and should be avoided. Uh, Paul compares false teachers who teach salvation by works with yapping scavengers who feed on everyone they can pull away from the truth of the gospel with their prideful false teaching. Beware of anyone or any religion that tells you that you have to do something, pay something, or commit to something in order to earn God's favor. That takes the glory away from God and puts it on the merits of a religious person. Beware of evil workers. Sadly, there are many who have infiltrated churches pretending to be working for God, but actually are wicked imposters attacking the purity of the gospel by planting seeds of doubt in God's precious word. They attempt to convince those who will listen that God's word is a good book, but not entirely reliable. They attempt to reteach the Bible from their own worldview, or in other words, they change the rule book to enable themselves to do what they want to do. He also said, beware of the concision or concision party. Paul calls these false uh, Jewish teachers concision because while teaching that outward circumcision of the flesh was necessary to salvation, their hearts were consumed with pride and wickedness. Salvation is a free gift received by faith to those who believe. If anyone was good enough to earn favor with God, it was Paul. Paul clearly explains that all the good that he had done could in no way earn his salvation. Paul reminded Philippians in verses 4-6 to that salvation is not by ritual, race, tradition, religion, sincerity, or legalistic righteousness. A page from Paul's personal journal would undoubtedly include something similar to Philippians 3-7, expressing Paul's view of the many religious accomplishments of his own life. What were once viewed as valuable in his quest to earn favor with God were now considered worthless because of what Christ had done for him. The reason that white chalk is so easily seen on a black blackboard is the contrast between the two. Paul vehemently warned against a man-made religion that created a vacillating God made in man's image with the true eternal unchanging God. Think about what our wonderful Heavenly Father has given us. He has given us his wisdom to keep us from making choices that ultimately are harmful to us and our families. He, His will, which is the key to true love and true joy and true peace, and his way of salvation and forgiveness are through Jesus Christ alone, okay? Now, true believers worship God in the spirit. God saved believers to worship him. Jesus said that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. True spiritual worship comes from a heart which has been saturated with the truth of God's Word. Paul warned of those who oppose this kind of worship by inventing their own outward show of worship involving ceremonies, traditions, and a physical checklist to follow. Once someone realizes that God created the universe, created eternity, and created us— they will join David in singing, O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Hey, true believers rejoice in Christ Jesus and what He has done for them. Our salvation is all about God. It is not about us. We are wicked. We cannot attain salvation by our own efforts, goodness, kindness, or work. Therefore, We must give credit to the Lord Jesus Christ. With Paul, we must declare, For by grace are we saved, and that not of ourselves. Such rejoicing should be done both in private, with hands clapped and knees bent, tearfully thanking God for His salvation, and in public, with hands raised and hearts full of thanksgiving and gratitude for God's undeserved gift of salvation. True believers put no confidence in the flesh in what they have done for their salvation. Paul declared that all his religious accomplishments meant absolutely nothing. His race and his rank, his traditions and rituals, his sincerity were all rubbish. Uh, The only thing that matters both now and for eternity is knowing Christ. Once we finally grasp our inadequacies and God's incredible gift to us, what should we do? Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice! we do not rejoice in what we are or what we have accomplished, but in who God is and what he has accomplished for us. Lord, help me to take my focus off myself and my feeble accomplishments in life. Help me keep my focus on you and what you have done for me. Thank you for saving me. And I know I'm praying for everyone listening today. Thank you for being such a wonderful saving God. Hey, guys, our time's up for today. Today is the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you have a really, really good day.